Nation, and welcome in to episode 11, season two of the Stinky Cast. I, of course, am Jay Skavinak, joined as always by Brent Bush, and oh my goodness, what a ferocious amount of activities we had this past weekend, and Brent, we are speeding ever closer to the finish line of the regular season. We are down to the last four weeks of the year. Uh, we will touch on in depth the playoff matchups, what we're looking at at this point there. We have a packed show, as always, a very packed feedback corner. Brent, I guess you want to begin there more than likely. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of uh, league activity this week, both in the form of real-life meetups and in the form of feedback calls that resulted from from all of that but um yeah like you said we have four weeks to go which is just a month of football left in the season so things are definitely seem like they're they're heating up in stinky league so let's get right into those feedback calls here and um we'll start it off with um with some events that happened on uh, on thursday night of this past week It's Stover! The Northeast Rattlesnake is here! Oh my god! The table! God almighty! The whole table! Oh my god! It's here! It's here! There you have it. That is a call resulting from the from the very emotional, it turned out. There was a lot of messages that, that came out of this. There was a lot of butthurtness that I saw in the in the WhatsApp chain, and there's it seemed like it was, uh, you know, you know that event seemed like it was, uh, you know, it had good intentions of like the the hashtag the table getting together for a little for a little get together that they were trying to put together for a while, from what I understand. But with a little with a little appetizer of rubbing it in Kamish Booby's face. Yeah, that uh, wolf. I mean, it was definitely it was definitely wolf. Even even Nico. Nico she, says wolf. She Man. threw in a wolf there. Wow. She she heard it and she's concurring with me on that, on my take there. I mean, I, I thought it was hilarious when it was ensuing. Uh, obviously, great call there by, by Steve D. But I'm just going to say bad form in my estimation. That's my take. I know everyone's going to say, oh, Jay and his butt buddy booty. He's got to stick up for his buddy booty. But listen, Mike is he loves getting together. He loves activities. He loves hanging out and being friends, and he is a driving influencer of that within the league. He goes out of his way, I think, to plan like a third of the, the entire season of get-togethers, uh, which he does typically at his house and hosts and invites everybody. And then to go behind the commission's back and to, to set this up and to include Stover, who commissions always trying to get to, to come and hang out and be friends. I mean, it, it just looked like poor form in my estimation. Yeah, I mean, it, I see what you're saying there, uh, but I, I feel like it was in it was this, the spirit of the event was good, and it was just uh, like I said, like a little side dish of of rubbing it in Booty's face that he wasn't there. <laughs> I, you know, I don't I don't think that was necessarily the intention, but it was certainly like, like something that they knew would get under his skin, and from what I could tell, it worked. And, you know, I think they, a whole bunch of them got together on Sunday. So, I, like I said, I don't think it was too big a deal, but uh, it definitely accomplished the goal of getting under his skin. Speaking of which, let's follow that up with this call. 
I help you? Yes. Table. Party of four? No, I'm not Abe Froman. But yes, I am Mike Stover. Future stinky 2020 MVP. Friend roll. Count it. Kobe. The this <laughs> the, the snooty side of the dinner coming out there. I'm suggesting that you leave before I have to get snooty. Snooty? Snotty. Snotty. With another Ferris Bueller reference from uh, from Stover there. But uh yeah, I mean uh like I said, that was uh th- that was definitely a benefit of the dinner was that they could uh that they could not include him. Amazing call, one of my favorite calls of the week. Uh, Abe Froman reference there. Uh, I wonder is is Stover the sausage king of Philadelphia now? Is that <laughs> calling him that is his new moniker? So uh, yeah. great, great reference, great call, Stover. Love when he checks in uh, to the feedback corner, Brent. Love to hear from Stover. Yeah, absolutely, good call there. Um, so we have one that's kind of directed at you i believe here so let's get to that one yo 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 this is your boy mr big d razio just want to say fuck that dude scap razio what a loser he's a bum he's a fucking loser he doesn't even belong in the toilet bowl he should be managing the chili he's not a fucking stinky team i mean what a waste of steak and whiskey this guy does more truly than any fucking guy in the league, and he still can't even stay awake to manage his own fucking team. He should just jump off the Walt Whitman Bridge, assuming he don't break it on while he's walking on the side. He's a fucking loser. The LeBum James is stinky. What a bum. Fuck that guy. Scap guys don't matter. A loser. Another <laughs> mystery. You know, this is kind of kicking off like a series of impersonations coming up here, and that one is the MIA Mr. Big D getting uh, getting attacked there. Yeah, I think now now we, we haven't lined him up for this show, but I'm almost certain that he's going to be on next show now because if there's one thing that Mr. Big D will come back on for and will be kind of wrangled up and get heated up for is impersonations of himself. So. You know, I yeah, Durazio called down the thunder, I guess, with, with that impersonation. Uh, you know, I like it. I don't I, I just kind of like what Durazio's doing in general here. Uh this season. He's kind of merged his own personality and his own persona with that of me, I think, because <laughs> of how pathetic and how much of a loser he is this year. So he's kind of like morphing into scapanizzle in a way. Uh so I, I get it in that sense. And you know, we'll get into it later on in the show, Brent, but uh, the Scap Razio actually play each other in in this week's matchup. So, oh, you know, that's... Yeah, we will get to that later. I have that lined up as a talking <laughs> point for later. So uh, we'll, <laughs> it's a good lead-in for that. That's for sure. I'll, I'll give him that. Um, but, yeah, I would like to hear from Mr. Big D in response to that. Although I would rank the – as a just an impersonation ranking, I, would, I think I would rank that – behind the the weasel's impersonation of mr big d that's true the weasel had a good impersonation and now booty's impersonated mr big d as well uh so you know a couple guys throughout the league kind of like to try their try their hat on there the mr big d hat but (laughs) all right so uh let's move into the next one here now this is going to be sort of like a little collection of calls here addressing the uh, the the trade antics of Kamish Booby. So so strap in. There's going to be there's going to be a few here. Hi, yes. Uh, this message for Mike Booby. Uh, this is Miss Kim from Ocean Massage Parlor. 
uh, we'd just like to let you know we accept your Gus Edwards trade offer and we have very young Asian massage girl for you. You call back now before she gets too old for you. Bye-bye. Kicking it <laughs> off is, is an ocean therapy reference from, uh, from one of our sponsors last year. And, uh, and that, was, uh, that was the opening shot at Booby's uh, trade offers for the uh, trying to acquire a defense. Yeah, it was a great call from Durazio. Uh, I was I was cracking up uh, pretty pretty regularly throughout that call when I when I first listened to it. So that that's a nice opening shot, I think. Yeah, I think the Asian massage is maybe one of his best uh, impersonations. <laughs> but uh, we have we have another old character checking in for this next one here. Hello, this is PR Scepter here. I'm here reporting breaking news that Jew Lives Matter has now agreed to. 27 trades for defenses across the league. You heard me right, 27 defenses across the league. This is league-breaking news. Never before have there been that many trades for defenses. Coming to you live from Chopper 6, PR Schefter out. The, the, wow. the Schefter in the helicopter call about the, uh, about the defense trades there. Incredible. So a 27 uh, trade-pending tra- <laughs> defensive trades. According to uh, Schefter there in the helicopter. Yeah, that works out to like, I don't know, it's close to like 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 two trades per team in, in the league, I, I would think, right there. That's it's a, He's trading for every defense in the league. Yeah, that's a, it's a very active day so far for Booby sending out trade offers. Uh, so uh, without further ado, let's get to another one here. Booby, this is Cookie Monster calling. Uh, I don't want you to get me Gus Edwards for no cookie. Okay, go fuck yourself. Bye. <laughs> Yoda monster checking in for for a, a, an angle on the uh, on the defense trades there. A, another hilarious take there. A great call. I don't even know who it was. I'm gonna guess Durazio. It certainly wasn't Booty. We know that much. Yeah, you know, funny. I haven't heard a call yet from Booby. But we're getting his characters are showing up just not from from him. So uh, let's see if that if that theme keeps up here. Hey, I'm calling in to let you guys know that I was offered the best blowjob if he was gay for my defense. I couldn't believe it. I was offered the single-handedly best blowjob for my backup defense. And... I took it. It was soaking wet drenched. Dot com. <laughs> Another Star Wars. <laughs> it sounded like Darth Vader getting was getting offered to have his. Does Darth Vader even have a dick at this point? I don't even know. I don't think. I think the lava probably ate it off. I think. <laughs> I think his legs and and also his penis were eaten by the lava, but. Wow, that was uh, yeah, that that was an interesting call. I'm not even sure because of the voice modulation. Uh, we'll just have to, you know, just leave it up to our imagination of who that actually was. Just gonna have to go with the flow here. He's Darth Vader's getting his his dick sucked by the uh, the self proclaimed best dick sucker in the league, Kamish Booby, on these uh, defensive trades here. Here we go with another one. Sunday afternoon here. I'm Troy Aikman with my co-host Joe Buck. And Joe, before we get into the games, I want to bring up some trade information that's going on around the league this week. This guy, Mike Boobystein, I don't remember, I don't know. He's making all sorts of trade offers and backing out on them, and I don't know what's going on. 
I haven't seen a Juby this dark since Tyree Cohen in week one. That really didn't work out for Troy that. Troy Aikman <laughs> being first in and now. Oh my God, they just keep coming in these calls on the on the defense trades. What is Booby really pissing people off this week? I'll tell you what. Amazing. That I guess this is what happens when you try trading a defense mid- middle of the week. Incredible. Yeah. Well, I think I think the the core of it was was sending out a bunch of trade offers. We can we can talk about what happened. Him sending out a bunch of trade offers, having people accept them, and then not not submitting them to the tribunal was was seemingly the uh, the big problem here. Like he just wanted to get a bunch of acceptances and then pick which accepted trade he wanted to submit the most. And mm-hmm. I can see why that would frustrate some owners in this situation. Sure. And, uh, you know, yeah, it's kind of bad for him. I think it's just I guess it, it's negotiating under un, under false pretenses, possibly unless now. And I don't know what the conversation was with Booty and all the other people. Like, for instance, I typically don't make trades uh, this year. That obviously scorched my ass because I had a lot. Of, I had a plethora of tasty uh, trades for Kenyon Drake throughout the year, which I declined. But last year when I was when I was shopping uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I made it abundantly clear to everyone that I was talking to that I was engaged in other conversations. I even kind of let people know what the conversations were including because it was on good faith, all the conversations I had with people. And I wanted to I followed up with everybody one final time before I pulled the trigger on ultimately making that deal. I don't know what the conversations were this time, Brent, because. I'm kind of hurt. I wasn't included. Oh, I, well. I have I have two defenses. Booty, you didn't like either one of them. I got your Giants, brah. You didn't want to. You don't want to taste the Giants this week against, against the, Eagles? the Eagles. Man, shit. Well, I, I was involved. I I received an offer, and I know that at least I would say like probably like five or six other teams received a, a similar offer because at this point. I think there's only like four defenses available in free agency right now. So he was basically kind of panicking. Chiefs are off. He didn't plan ahead. Doesn't have a defense ready. So he was all, he was dangling Gus Edwards, who I think Mark Ingram should be should be back this week. So it was it was kind of like an it was like an okay dangle there with with Gus Edwards. Nothing really impressive. But so he's trying to get a defense from all these teams that have two defenses, except for you. I I would be hurt if I were you too. But um, so and you know I did see an email exchange where, you know, he offered, you know, title email trade offer offered the offered this trade for offered this player for a defense that person accepted. And then he was like, okay, cool. I'm just going to like wait for some other people to get back to me on, on which defense I really want. So, I mean, that, that was literally how that went down. So I think we might have to check in with like, Spross and Associates to see like if anything is like a violation here. So let's get to this next call. Hi, this message is for Commission Michael Booby. This is Mark Spross calling from Spross and Associates LLC, the official legal representative of the Stinky League. And Mr. Booby, I wanted to advise you that I'll be filing a formal complaint in the league office regarding your improper trade trade practices engaged during the morning hours of November 10th, 2020. Mr. Booby, it's come to my attention that you uh, made a trade offer of Gus Edwards to several different teams in the league for a defense. Those team members or team owners then subsequently accepted your offer. However, you unilaterally declined to uphold that in good faith and consider and in your mind went forward with that best offer. I wanted to advise you that this practice is not only against Pennsylvania law, 
but is also against Stinky Law. I will be uh, seeking damages, including forfeited fab money and any forfeited championship won this year. Thank you. Spross and Associates, wow. the legal representation for Stinky League is, I think he's alluding to a possible like class action lawsuit here. That's what it sounded. That's what it sounded like. And, and honestly, you know, I, I I think of it when I think of you know Spross and Associates. I think that he's you know kind of you know representing Booty in essence because you know he's the commissioner of the league. But quite the contrary here. Spross is a is an attorney for the people uh, because he is taking action against Booty himself. So this is going to get pretty pretty tenuous, I think. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna have to see where this goes in court. We're gonna have to get maybe maybe a deposition from from Spross and Associates to uh, to really address this this matter this week. But um, let's see if this last call gets us to a conclusion. Hi, right, so Joey, um, I'm calling to officially accept uh, the trade offer from Michael Booty for Gus Edwards for my defense, the Vikings. I'm accepting the offer. Thank you. There you have it, Bags checking in that he he was clearly one of them, obviously as as you can tell, and he accepted the trade. So that's kind of a conclusion to it, but the antics do not have a conclusion. Wow, I'll tell you what, Bags with multiple calls, kind of making fun of the the whole setup, and then ends up taking the deal. <laughs> uh, which what was it? The Vikings. The Vikings. That- yeah, the Vikings. I guess because they're playing the Bears. Is is that is that why he wanted them? I, I guess. I don't know. The Vikings have been pretty assy this year on defense. So uh, I'm kind of confused by this trade. But I guess we'll see if it works out. The Giants, meanwhile, I'm just going to say, according to CBS write-up, which, Brent, do you know those little garbage write-up things that they – the weekend review things that they send you uh, on Wednesday or whatever that I typically delete every week because I lose every game, so I don't want to read it? Yeah, the recap. Um, yeah, I actually I read this one because I, I won this week. And according to CBS, the Giants have outdone their projections for six straight weeks. And they're playing the Eagles this week. So, Booty, you could have had your hometown team going against the city that you live in and with, a, with a team that's gone over projection. I'm just saying I, I, I wouldn't have traded them anyway because I am playing them this week. But I'm just hurt that I didn't, I didn't get the offer. Ouch. Yeah. I mean, that, that's like a lover scorned there. Um, the Vikings, on the other hand, have had uh, negative points three times this season and single digits in all but one game. And that was last week where they somehow got 14 points against the Lions. And I think Stafford got like knocked out of the game and it's Detroit without Kenny Galladay. So, you know, we'll see if this move pays off for Kamish Booby, who I think that's two losses in a row for him. So maybe this is a little desperation. And with a humongous game looming on the, on the queue this week, we'll get into that uh, later on in the show. We've got the top two scoring teams uh, clashing this weekend in that one. So uh, I'm pretty, uh, you know, eager to go over some of these matchups, Brent, but we'll get to that more later. Let's look back on the week that was. Agreed. So that was it for the feedback corner. Thanks for the, all the calls. Great work by everyone sleuthing the, uh, the trade antics in there in that feedback corner. That was one of the most fun feedback corners I, I feel like we've had this season. Great job, guys. But, yeah, like you said, let's get into the matchups here. And why don't we just keep the theme rolling here? Um, even though we haven't heard from Kamish Booby in two weeks, let's talk about his game 
that had a lot of activity in the WhatsApp chain generated from it, and it was his game versus Frodo. <laughs> That's my wow. new name for him. Not Fredo, Frodo. <laughs> Ah, incredible, incredible, Brent. I don't even think we really have to look at these matchups necessarily. Just relive, like you mentioned, the activity involved in this game. Uh, Frank, listen, I don't think Frank really understands, like, how projections work. Uh, And, you know, I think he just kind of – he's done it multiple times this year where he sees that he has, like, four or five guys left and he just assumes that they're all going to score, like, 20 points each or something. I don't really know, but – if you actually looked at his lineup, he was pontificating again, as he always does, far too early in the stage of completing this win. And when I went to the, the, the actual lineup and looked at the players he had left, like, especially on that Sunday night game, I'm like, this guy, this cat, he's going to get like 15 points max from these three players going tonight on Sunday night. And that's pretty much exactly what happened. He gets bailed out, though, on Monday night with a game for the ages from Jacoby Myers, who puts up a buck 70 on 12 catches. Wow. Yeah, that was just a Hail Mary that got caught in the end zone by him with that Jacoby Myers start. I mean, look, I get it. He was playing the Jets. But we're also talking about a guy who has never had even close to that type of game in his career, I don't think. Uh, I think he's in his second year now. I don't. I had to check back into last season. He is. But, this is his second year. You're right. Yeah. So you know, he he did have you know leading up to this six targets, ten targets, and I think I said to you before the game even happened. I think it was Monday afternoon. I did say to you, I was like, if I had, if I had a player who was getting like up to ten targets against the Jets, I might be a little confident going into this Monday night game, but. I, I don't know about those Sunday night players that he was that he was puffing his chest about. Yeah, it's question it's questionable. I mean, but but the thing the good thing you know just to give Frank a little credit here, he did have MVS that he had in and pulled him out, so that would have also gotten him the win if he didn't pull MVS out. So there's a couple paths to victory for him. As for Booty, I you know I obviously don't have any Fab money left. I did bid on Aguilar whatever that means I with whatever I had left I tried to bid booty obviously outbid me leaves him on his bench and he scores 16 like I'm starting like Keelan Cole who averages one point a fucking game right now and booty outbids me on Aguilar to leave him on his bench and then he starts Cole Beasley in at one of his flexes so that's a 10 point differential obviously it wouldn't have really mattered uh, as his coveted Chiefs defense gets the negative points there uh, Booty's really got some defensive issues overall going on right now. Well, yeah, I mean that was the that was probably the the worst, if not second worst, game for the Chiefs defense this year. Unfortunate result in the negative four that he had to eat there. Picked the right quarterback this week with Herbert over over Tannehill, so nice work there. But you know he he does have some issues that that are starting to pop up in his lineup, even though Christian Kirk is is starting to emerge as a as a weekly start for him. But sure. Uh, but yeah, he does. He does have some issues to address now. I mean, Mark Andrews has. I have to say, he's been somewhat of a disappointment. He paid twenty-two million for him at the draft, and he's had a few good games. But the last three weeks, four points, six points, five points. Like you're not getting a lot of production from your tight end there. Yeah, and Brent, listen, I don't want to. I don't want to blame Booty on the uh, for that or Mark Andrews. Obviously, I think we need to look to the festering 
turd heap of a running back loser that is pretending to play quarterback on that team. I mean, you can't like Mark Andrews can't throw the ball to himself. LaBalm Jackson, you heard it here first, was going to take a big step back this year. I've been saying it all year. When you get the tape on him and when you put him in situations that are not advantageous to him, he will struggle. And that is exactly what's happening. Um, so I don't want to blame Mark Andrews for that. Yeah, true that. And, you know, Lamar is still, I think, the QB 15 in Stinky. So that's definitely a problem that uh, is causing some some issues for Mark Andrews. But, you know, Fredo, Fro, I'm sorry, not Fredo, Frodo. Frodo, you know, he puts <laughs> up 127, which is like around league average. He faces an opponent that's like sub that, that puts up points below his average um, for the season. So he gets he gets another sneaky, lucky Frodo win here. And uh, he moves to six and three. And Drew Lives Matter is now behind him at five and four. A nice, interesting parallel between these two teams. Yeah, obviously, um, Booty still maintains, we'll get into it later on the show, he still maintains a pretty, in my estimation, healthy lead for the MVP uh, right now at this point. I believe he's up 50 on on Stover, who's in second. But again, we can get into that more. You you think maybe he's trending in the wrong direction? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Like you did mention, Kirk. He has emerged. He's, he's up into uh, his last three games were 27, 18, and 28. So, you know, Kirk has been like a top five wide receiver the last three games. Uh, you know, and we'll have to see if that trend continues or not. And we'll have to see. There's four weeks left. Uh, but right now, you're right, uh, five and four for, for Booty and, and another sneaky uh, low point win for, for Frank. Yep, so we can move on to the next game here, and that is your game against We Gare Bears, and you just continue. Oh, by the way, that last game was a, was a pick differential between us as I had Kamish Booby and you had Frodo. Correct. So the next game here is what I was saying is you continue this stretch of, like, if I pick the other team, you win. If, you know, if I pick you, you lose, and you did it once again here. As you take down Gare Bear, 127 to about 94, and you know it's it's just another loss for Gare Bear here, and it wasn't really a great effort by his team. No, and I mean, I just honestly, I don't know what the hell I'm doing right now this year. I mean, I'm without four starters again this 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 week in this game. I mean, I just I just can't get guys back. I I keep thinking I'm going to get somebody back. Uh, next week, but it's not looking good. I think I'll be without Carson Drake, Eckler, uh, and Debo again next week. Um, but somehow, some way, I don't know how I string together uh, 127. Obviously, Rodgers put up a good amount of points, and my 46 boy. Is, 46 is more than a good amount. That's a pretty strong effort from Rodgers. It's a strong game. I mean, he's averaging about 30, 37 a game right now, and he had a three. He, he scored 3.8 points in one game this year against Tampa Bay. And he still is averaging like 37 points per game, I think, right now. So he's Aaron Rodgers has been phenomenal for me this year. But the, with all the other injuries, really hasn't done much. Luckily, Art Juan Brown, who missed four or five games to start the year for me, speaking of injuries, he's, since he's been back, he's been very strong. He has a big game. Really, that's it. Like, from Rodgers and Brown and a, and a good performance by my defense, that's pretty much all I had but it was enough to beat Gary, who is going in exactly the wrong direction. You mentioned Booty in the last game, but Booty looks incredibly healthy compared to Gary. Gary has lost four consecutive games right now, Brent, and I will tease 
us to our section where we talk about the playoffs later on. If the playoffs started today, Gary isn't in them. Wow. Yeah. That, I mean, who we, I know I didn't see this coming. This just steep drop off from Gare Bear here. Like, um, I'll get to it a little bit later in the uh, stinky stats on, on what's been going on with Gare Bear. But yeah, like you said, it's, it's just been a tale of like two different seasons here for get for him. And, you know, granted he has lost some players. Like he had Kareem Hunt on by this week. He did not have Calvin Ridley in the lineup who had been like a, you know, top five, top three wide receiver for him this season. So that hurts. And he made some, he made some some not that great lineup decisions this week. Uh, you know, he had Curtis Samuel, who has been trending up, and I think has he's probably equal to to um, DJ Moore at this point in terms of production. The Better. last the last three weeks for Curtis Samuel, 14, 20, and then 25 this week on Gare Bear's bench. You could have easily plugged him in over someone like Irv, Tyler Irvin. You know, you know, like he, I mean, Irvin got nine points, but we're talking 25 here from Curtis Samuel. And, you know, even though Cam Newton got up to 24 points, Drew Brees still outperformed him on his bench. So he's leaving points on his bench. He's dropping in the points rankings. He's dropping in, in, in games just overall every week. And I think he ran out of Teddy Grahams, man. He did. You're right. You called it last week. He, he did not have enough. Uh, Gary, you got to get that debit card out or PayPal or whatever. Pony it up and get back to your sponsor. We need... I mean, you need, you know, to finish out the year. We got four more weeks left, bro. The season isn't only, you know, five or six weeks long. Yep. And so we can move on to the next game here. Nice win by you. You move to four and five. Gare Bear down to five and four. Like four weeks ago, did you ever think you'd be one game behind Gary? I mean, Brent, I honestly, the, the decisions have been so bad by me this year uh, to start the year. And then the injuries really piled on top of me. I am shocked. I play Steve Durazio, as we've alluded to next week, for a shot for me to get to 500. No, I would have never believed it in a, in a million years had you tried selling me that like a few weeks ago. All right. So the next game we have here is the Stover versus Bags game. Stover pulls away with a 138 to 116 win here dropping bags to three and six and moving his record up to five and four on the back of I mean Devonte Adams has just been an absolute beast this year and you know Travis Kelsey not far behind being the, the top tight end gets a good game from Fuller kind of an average game from Lamar Jackson but you know those three pass catchers for him just carried all the weight and he didn't need it much else from after bags only got you know, some pedestrian performances. You know, Edwards Hilaire got a touchdown, but I think he, he had he had a very minimal amount of rushing attempts and yards. Todd Gurley, again, with the late – he's getting these late touchdowns from these running backs somehow, but they're not really – I don't know. Like, Gurley's a top five running back, I think, and Edwards Hilaire is kind of dropping off here, and it's not really helping him. He didn't get any great performances in his lineup. Yeah, I mean, I got to give it to Stover. Like, I mean, he's basically, literally, he's starting a quarterback that is not a starting quarterback, basically. I mean, I, I'm not trying to rub it in. He's 15th in stinky in scoring. There's 14 teams in this league. So the fact that he keeps, you know, climbing the, the charts here in, in, in the weekly, uh, in, in the scoring, the MVP race, is just a testament to how strong his team is overall. Um, 
you know, he's just made good decisions this year. Fuller, I, I wanted him. I bid fairly high. I think I bid 50 or 60 mil, but I wasn't willing to go as high as he went. I just didn't think he was, he was worth it. I thought he'd be injured uh, and inconsistent. Look, he missed the one game uh, this year, and then the bye week last week, he has been in double digits every game that he's played. So he has missed one game to the injury and then the bye week. Other than that, he is in double digits every week. And I, I mean, I haven't looked. I think he's probably a top six wide receiver, I would think, this year. And then Devontae Adams, the guy's averaging 30 a game as a wide receiver. It is unthinkable. So, yeah, Stover's he's got a healthy squad. I think – I look, I called this weeks ago that Stover is going to win the chip would be, my, would be my pick. And it looks like he's trending in that direction. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good call by you um, weeks in advance of this run that he's been on to, uh, to ascending towards the top in, in points and improving his record here. But um, we can move on to the next game here. There were some things on Bags' bench that I, I added up that I don't think would have gotten him the win. He kind of messed up with with Bridgewater um, on his bench and CeeDee Lamb, but I don't think that would have been enough for him. So we can move on to the next game. Delco alarm clock versus Nazi Steve and just, just a, a, another, ex, I mean, at this point, expected effort out of Nazi Steve. He gets, he has to eat that hole with Justin Jackson, Jackson and, you know, Le'Veon Bell, again, just not providing any boost to his team with 0.8 this week. Uh, I mean, his quarterback ran up a big 2.36 for him this week. And he, yeah, I think his highest score was Brandon Cooks with 19, who essentially did that on like one 57-yard touchdown pass. Uh, yeah, Brent, when when you when you get three total points from your quarterback and running back one and running back two combined, <laughs> it's not going to be a good week. It's just, no. you're just not going to score a lot of points. Now, luckily for him. He'll score like 150 next week on me, right? Right as I'm poised to get to that 500 mark, I I smell a big bounce back from him coming uh, next week. Even though I don't think he has a single running back on his team for next week, but we'll get into that later on. Uh, for as for Spross, I mean a much needed win. We're gonna look at him uh, a little bit in our playoff uh, outlook as well. I mean right now he's not in the playoffs, so I mean this was a, a must win for him, and you know the. The points are decent at 125. Uh, like you said, it's about an average week for like the upper echelon team. So, um, you know, I, I think a must win for him and he got it. So uh, good for him. We'll see. He's got a humongous matchup next week. I think you might know a little bit uh, something about that, but we'll get into that later on in the show. Yeah. One more thing out of this matchup. I just wanted to point out. Uh, not to kick some more dirt on Littlefinger, but he had two total touchdowns for his entire team. Yeah, when you have uh, nine players, I guess, you know, eight uh, positional players, and you get two cumulative touchdowns, uh, including a quarterback in that span, it's it's obviously not going to bode well for you. Nope. So next game on the slate was one that was also, there was a lot of chatter leading into it, and that is the Rustel versus Weasel game. Russell came in very confident that he was going to get the W. He had CMC coming back from injury uh, after a long wait for him, so he was very pumped up. I had been gassing up Corey Davis, and Corey Davis eats that hole somehow with zero points. Christian McCaffrey 
a nice performance, 32 points out of him. But he got he gets hurt again, and it sounds like he's going to miss multiple. I mean, they're saying he's day to day with that mm-hmm. shoulder injury, but I mean, I think he's going to get some some further medical tests, and I think his status is probably in doubt for this upcoming week. Yeah, uh, Kenyon Drake is basically already ruled out, and he's day to day. And Carson's about to miss, I think, his third straight game, and he's day to day. So yeah, probably. Not looking good for a guy when you drop. He's, I mean, he's arguably the best player at his position in the league. They drop uh, an immense amount of money on him. The team is going nowhere. I mean, it might be time to just shut it down for him um, for the year, which obviously I- I'm contending with the same thing with Austin Eckler, unfortunately. So it just is what it is with injuries to players on bad teams at this time of the year. Uh, you know, Russ talked a big game. I, he didn't tell me about it. But I've been told that there was, there was, you know, murmurings of him running the table like one or two weeks ago and like making the playoffs or something. I don't know how he expected that was going to happen. But he hasn't won a game since that. So it certainly isn't going to happen now. The only, where, the only place Russ is going to be going is to the toilet bowl, unfortunately for him. Ouch. Yeah. 84 points this week uh, after all that talk did, did not support his cause very much. Weasel puts up 126 right around the average. And I had him picked because of, um, Ben Roethlisberger going against Dallas. He delivered, even though it looked like both of his mm-hmm. knees got got broken. I don't know. It, it seemed like typical Ben to be that hurt and then come back and finish the game and win the game against a, a shitty Cowboys team. It was such a weird game. But, you know, I thought Ben had a good chance to put up points. He gets 37. But I feel like this combination that he has here of Ben and Connor, Connor kind of like cannibalizes itself. Like, how many points can the Steelers put up every week that both Ben and Connor are going to really shine. Uh, no, I agree. I, I've never liked that. I do not like that combination. Um, I don't think Ben's even a starting quarterback, really, in fantasy. I guess I'd, I'd have to look at the numbers. Possibly he is. Um, you know, I think Tucci's really just been carried throughout the year by those pass catchers that uh, he obviously didn't even know who they were when he drafted them. But it, th- that has we all highlighted that was the strength of his team, and it has been the strength. It remains the strength. It's what's gotten him to where he is now. It damn sure wasn't that six million defense that's gotten him to where he's at with a second consecutive negative six last week, negative five this week. <laughs> oh my God, is that just blowing up in his face? I, I mean, I don't even know if they're top twenty defense at this point in fantasy. I would imagine they're not. He's got two. He's got three negatives this year: negative eight, negative six, negative five. The negative eight point game came against. The Miami Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love his justification for why he why he went up to six million for them too. He's like, I just wanted to have a defense that I could start every week. Well, that is not working out for you too well, there, bro. No, and then I, Brian, you know, I don't know who all was on the email chain. I was on the email chain when we we're talking about the the defensive trade situation, um, and Tucci was on the chain, and he said he too was in the market for a defense this week. <laughs> Because the Niners, quote, were on a buy. Bruh, oh they're God. not on a buy, bro. They're not on a buy. <laughs> That's how fucking clueless this guy is. He looks at his team, and all he does is look at the projections, and he's like a zero. They must be on buy. Oh, my God. It's, it's, it's so weasel. Yeah, luckily for him, it's not a zero projected. It's a negative. So. <laughs> I think it's well, the one I saw was a zero, and that's probably what tipped him off. If he would have saw a negative, Maybe he would have known that it wasn't a bye week, but who knows with that fucking guy. Incredible. 
All right. All right. Next game up on the slate here is the uh, PRB and TJ game. Oh, by the way, in that last game, that weasel rough game, uh, I had weasel, you had Russ. So that brings us to even for the week. Yeah, thanks a lot, Russ. You really uh, talked yourself up there. There was a lot of confidence. Uh, Bay came back. He did have a big game, but uh, 84 points, bro. I mean, come on. Yeah, so this next game, this PRB-TJ game, was the highest-scoring game of the week, it looks like, and it had the highest-scoring team of the week in TJ, who takes down PRB, moves to 6-3 and three for TJ, and PRB drops to 5-4. and four. I mean, this is a pretty good battle here. I think it had two of the highest-scoring players of the week in Dalvin Cook and K- Kyler Murray. Yeah, I mean, PRB, uh, you know, good week. He had some things on the bench that might have affected the outcome of the game ultimately. But, I mean, look, this guy, it seems like, I mean, he's got good teams. So, like, I don't want to, listen, I don't want this to come off sounding like a negative commentary on PRB because the guy does have good teams year in and year out. He He's in the upper echelon of points year in and year out. But also, year in and year out, this guy gets slimy wins every year it seems like he wins like two three four games where like he's got 105 points and his opponent has like 90 like it just seems like it always happens to him so this is just a little bit of the reverse medicine now uh you know he got a couple wins this year that he didn't deserve this is one that he obviously could have had he would have beaten many teams i think he would have beaten every team other than you and his opponent this week but that's just the way the fantasy cookie crumbles um, not a great game overall from other than McLaren and of course, Kyler Murray with that 50 spot. And just briefly to touch on TJ, I mean, this guy's got basically like QB one and RB one. Like uh, he is in the playoffs right now. In fact, he's the number one seed in the playoffs right now, but it ain't because of points. This guy better get into the playoffs, uh, because you can't miss the playoffs with the number one QB and RB in fantasy. You just can't, Brent. Yeah, in all fairness to him, he has lost some. We, we, you know, we touched on that. He lost Cortland Sutton. He lost uh, Nick Chubb, who could be back pretty soon, I think, um, based on the timetable. Mm-hmm. And you know, Nick Chubb still leads the league uh, in runs of over 20 yards, despite the time that he's missed. So that's a pretty valuable asset. And you know, with with Wilson and Dalvin Cook rolling like this, if he adds you know, like two or more players that he has coming coming back, you know, um, it, it could be it could be trouble for, for teams playing him in the playoffs just because of the explosiveness of Wilson and Dalvin Cook. But there's something on PRB's team that I wanted to point out because it's a kind of a follow-up from about uh, three weeks ago when, you know, he was bragging about uh, Justin Jefferson on on his bench who had 46 points. And, and I was and I was kind of laughing and and and, you know, pointing him out as his version of Gesicki that, you know, whenever he's on his bench, he blows up. And whenever he puts him in, he does pr- pretty much nothing. So he had him in at three point eight points the week before that blow up, then bench uh, for that 46 point effort against Atlanta. And then he goes on by and then he comes back from by. PRB starts him two weeks in a row. He gets 4.1 and then 7.9. So that he is getting Gesicki pretty much. Fuck you, PRB. Eat that. Eat that gesicki I hope you love it. I hope you fucking love it and choke on it every week. I hope you bench him this week and he scores like 50. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, he is playing Chicago and he has been disappointing. So 
you know, four targets, three catches in both of the last two games might not be enough to cut it to make his lineup. And speaking of, I think he has enough points in lineup, bad lineup decisions where he could have won this game. With Zach Moss and Jameson Crowder in his lineup over Rojo and Antonio Brown, who he might have stuck into his lineup a little bit too soon before seeing what he's really made of yet. You know, I, that was that looks like it's enough to win the game. Yeah, maybe he got some bad advice on the Stinky Cast in a Too Bold segment. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll get to that later. Uh, I forgot that was Antonio Brown. But um, we can move on to the next game here. I just wanted to point out those little, uh, those little fuck yous to PRB. And the next game was, or the, actually the last game on the slate, is my game versus Schwarz. I had the second most points of the week, it looks like, at 145. Just another huge game from Josh Allen, who I fully expected to against Seattle, but my receivers really carried the water for me. 19, 14, 24, and 26 from my four receivers that I had in the lineup this week. Yeah, definitely just a well-spread-out amount of scoring from you, top to bottom. Um, You definitely need it. You're in. in, uh, we'll We'll touch on it in a playoff battle of your own. Um, but a great week for you. You're back to your old tricks, though, on defense, I see. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, right back to the <laughs> negative three there. I mean, I had Miami on my bench. They only got three. We're talking about a six-point difference there, so not too bad. No, no, and the Dolphins had, like, uh, like a 40-yard touchdown or something and still only got three points. Yeah, I, it's it's crazy. I mean, that was just a head-to-head matchup there where I had to say whether I wanted the, the defense going against Kyler Murray or the one going against uh, Tua. So, you know, I picked the one going against Tua, and what do I get? Negative three. So what are you going to do about that? But on the other on the other side, Schwartz had to eat that hole with uh, Troy Main Pope. I don't know if he was – if that's like a fine, if he was declared out declared out early before the game. Um, I was not on that one, so we'll have to have someone look into that one. Yeah, we're going to have to look into that. Uh, there really wasn't too many places to go on the on the bench for him. His <laughs> bench combined for negative three, so not, yeah. not, a lot, not a lot of options. All zeros and then a negative three for the box. So uh, not, not – I mean, Schwarz, you know, his team is ass. It is straight garbage. He is a complete fraud. La- last week, this dude was sitting in the playoffs as of last week. How is that even possible? Thank you for beating him and putting him out of the playoff picture. Hey, I do what I can there, man. But um, I go to four and five. He goes to five and four. He's still knocking on the door of a playoff spot with that five and four record. So I wouldn't count him out just yet. Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. And par for the course in 2020. But Brent, holy crap. I need to sit back, get a drink of water. What a long A block that was. Uh, man, I need I need to rest the vocal cords. We're going to go ahead and slide out to one of our sponsors. Uh, we've got a new sponsor checking in this week, Brent, here. I know that a lot of the guys in the league have, you know, various issues and challenges with getting out, you know, for the weekend to watch games or to just hang out just to be friends. Uh, I mean, it's even, you know, it's a challenge for some of the guys in this league to get to the banquet. So, you know, this is a, a new uh, proprietary technology 
uh, a new app that's just hit the market. And I think it can help some of the guys in this league, you know, get out and kind of add to their social calendar. So we're going to take a word from them, but make sure you join us after this quick word from this sponsor, because we've got a huge B block coming up. We're going to take a look at the stinky stats, of course, and we're going to check into the playoff breakdown with four games left. That's right after this. Let's face it, you're a massive pussy who has absolutely no hand in your current relationship. You are inundated with honeydew lists, house chores, bed, bath, and beyond weekends, Netflix, and chill. You're facing a perpetual uphill battle every time you need to schedule a guy's weekend. Adding a snot-nosed, tiny little human being certainly won't make this situation any easier for you. Luckily, we here at Use the Hand are here for you. Available now in the App Store for both iOS and Android platforms. Use the Hand. Make sure you don't knock up your significant other at an inopportune time of the year. Just go on to the calendar and block off all of the important dates during the year for you and your bros. And Use the Hand will calculate what days out of the year you need to use the hand, baby. Since you're obviously not capable of standing up to your woman, getting a babysitter, or planning months out in advance, just take back the hand in your relationship by using it. Never miss another important weekend again. Welcome back in Stinky Nation. Welcome back in. And listen, all of you guys that don't know how to get out to these engagements throughout the year, I just have to stress for you to use the hand, baby. Use the hand. And no, wait a second. Brent, do you hear something? Is something ringing right now? Yeah, I think that's our feedback line coming in mid mid recording here. Uh, let's let's uh, pick it up here and see what we have. Week eight. In the matchup of the week, we traveled to PJ Wheel of Hands in Westchester, where the commission's boobies were on full display early. As and here's to you, James Robinson. Mikey loves Cole Beasley more than his wife. A whoa, whoa, whoa. Who posted a respectable 15.9 points? But Frank countered with Jacoby Michael Myers, who did a yeah, baby, all over the Jets defense and Booty's record. Sending two lives matter down the well, just like an aching man who did too much Troy. With all the shit-talking that he did before, the commission has not been this embarrassed since. Two nights ago, when those assholes from the table scheduled an exclusive stinky dinner and did not invite him. The win leaves Frank in third place, just below the honey badger, while the loss leaves the commission one step closer to changing up the rules for next year. <laughs> wow. Oh, that that might have been that might have been what you know that is like a little uh, a format that that Weasel likes to do there with with like the, with the music and the Chris Berman, you know, fastest minute in uh, in football type of thing. And I got to say that was pretty fucking good, man. 
<laughs> Incredible. That's call of the year material. That I mean, Tucci does it again. He checks in with another award-winning call on the Stinky Hotline. This guy just knows how to make the calls. And my goodness, there's a lot to unpack from that. Commish, ouch. Yeah, the uh, the, the Mrs. Ro- Mrs. Robinson uh, reference in there was was pretty good. I don't. He did make a reference. I didn't. Uh, he said something about a honey badger. I don't even know what, what who who or what that is. But uh, aside from that, I mean, everything else was 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 pretty hilarious. Incredible, and obviously, Booty, uh, according to to Berman Tucci, uh, loves loves Cole more than his wife. Which I mean, that would explain some things. I think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But uh, the, that was a, a nice follow up there to our discussion about discussion about the uh, the Frank and Booby game. Nice work there, Weasel. Hats off to you, Tooch. Nice call. Uh, oh man, Brent. Okay, what? Let's get back on track here. Shall we segue into the best segment of the week? Stinky stats. Time for another stinky stats, and you know I'm going to kick this off with a couple just monster players this year and first of which we have Devonte adams um in his six games this, this season he has 53 catches 675 yards and eight touchdowns he is the first player in the super bowl era with 50 plus catches 600 plus yards and eight plus receiving touchdowns in his first six games of the season well that you can't really do much better than that than the, than the only player in the super bowl era Dalvin Cook has had 225-plus scrimmage yards and two-plus rush TDs in back-to-back games. Deuce McAllister and Hall of Famer Jim Brown are the only other running backs to accomplish that feat since at least 1950. He also now has a rushing touchdown in every game he has played this season. And his seven straight games with a rushing touchdown is the longest active streak in the NFL. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting the parallels between those two players because— both uh, transcendent talents, uh, both prolific fantasy performers. Neither really uh, can stay healthy, like for an entire season. Like I, I, I feel like the criticism is fair of both of those guys in that regard and, and in that capacity. However, when they're on the field, there's no denying what we're seeing. I mean, when you look at, they're not because of the missed games. They're not going to be, you know, the best point producers ever or whatever but when you look at their per game productions right now i mean i don't even know what it's probably like 36 or 37 points a game for dalvin cook and like 30 a game for for adams i mean it is just unbelievable to put that into perspective christian mccaffrey last year averaged like 31 points 31 or 32 points per game last year now he obviously did it for all 16 but that's where these guys are at when they're on the field yeah, Dalvin Cook is definitely having a game, uh, a season similar to CMC last season. So great pickup there for TJ. All right, so the next one we have is with the Ravens scoring over 21 points against the Colts. That is their 31st straight game with 20 plus points. That streak is a new NFL record, and it's one more game than the 2012 2014 Broncos had. Interesting. That that that's kind of a surprise. That goes to show you what a what a great system they have there because they don't really have a great quarterback. Oh, the, this guy Lamar Jackson, who just earned his first career win after trailing at halftime. He was previously zero and six, including the playoffs. But that is the Ravens' first win after trailing at the half since Week Ten of two thousand sixteen, ending a streak of twenty straight losses. That was the longest active streak in the NFL. 
Wow, how many points were they down at halftime? Do you know? I don't know that number. I, I you know, I, I wasn't able to lock into all the games on Sunday. Uh, but yeah, kudos for him finally getting a uh, getting a win when he's down at halftime. Finally, uh, you know, maybe if he plays fifty five year old Philip Rivers every week, maybe he can do that do that another time sometime soon. Moving on to Justin Herbert, who has broken Cam Newton's record for most pass yards in a rookie's first seven starts. And that record was 2,103. Impressive. The, the, the kid, can de- he can definitely play. And look, the, the Chargers are in every single game. Like, it, they're losing every single game, but they are. it's like a one-score game every game. So it, Didn't they have a touchdown called back right at the end of the game this week to lose the game? They did. They, he threw what looked to be the game. He threw what looked to be the game-winning touchdown pass, and then it was overturned because it did hit the ground. But it, it was the ball was right where it needed to be. The guy that I think it was the backup tight end just didn't make the catch. Brutal, brutal, tough one. So this past week was the 333rd start of Tom Brady's career, including the playoffs, and it is the first one in which his team has trailed by 30 plus points at halftime. You know, some in some instances, like some teams just have your number. Like you just, there's just nothing you can do about it. It looks like the Saints just have the Buccaneers' number. The Bucks look, look, they lost a one point game against the Bears. Probably should have been a win. Um, and then, other than that, they're, they're, the two other losses are blowouts to the Saints. Basically, they essentially, I think, should have beaten the Bears. They should have beaten every team. They should be whatever seven and two with their only two losses being. Really bad, bad-looking losses to the Saints. Unfortunately, they're in the same division. So the Buccaneers are going to you know, more than likely win 12, 13 games this year and more than likely have to go to Philadelphia, uh, who will have like six or seven wins in the first round of the playoffs. I won't get into that, though. Okay, we, we can save that rant for another day. We were, we've already heard your stance on that. But um, Cam Newton's opening drive rush touchdown was the first offensive touchdown by the Patriots in a first quarter this season. All other NFL teams have had at least one first quarter offensive touchdown from weeks one to eight, except for the Patriots until that. Yeah, speaking of Tom Brady, as bad as it might have looked for him this past week, it's looking way worse for the New England Patriots. They need a 10-point rally in the last seven minutes to beat the Jets by three and, and not drop to two and six or whatever. I guess they're whatever. They're three and five now or whatever. Um, with that heroic come-from-behind win against the Jets. Ouch. Yeah, so speaking of Cam Newton, he is the first quarterback in the Super Bowl era with eight rushing touchdowns in his first seven games played in a season. Wow, you know how much I love rushing quarterbacks and rushing quarterback <laughs> statistics. We'll put him right in the Hall of Fame there with that, with that stat there, Brent. All right, so um, getting off of that one, we have Derrick Henry. This one was a contender for the bizarre stat. Um, you don't often see this. Uh, he had gained 68 yards in the game, but actually had 75 yards after contact. It's hard to wrap your head around that one. Wow, I guess he just lost a lot of yards on other plays then. <laughs> yeah, really, really weird one there. You don't see it very often. All right, so Mike McCarthy, this is where I, I, I beat up on the uh, – this is the part of the segment where I beat up on the Jets and the Cowboys. Mike McCarthy has lost more games as a head coach than Matt LaFleur since LaFleur took over in Green Bay in 2019. And McCarthy took the 2019 season off. 
It's not that is just not a good number for for McCarthy, not at all. All right, Arthur Juan Brown has a TD catch in his fifth straight game that matches the longest streak ever by a Titan, not counting the Oilers franchise. Man, would have loved to see him healthy from the start of the season. Wasn't meant to be, but I'm glad to have Art Juan back in the lineup. He's questionable every single week, so hopefully he just keeps playing. This is a short week, though. He's questionable every week. He never practices, basically, ever, uh, and now he's got to play on Thursday, so not going to bode well for me. You know how much I hate Thursday night games, and I've got, like, three players in that one. Yeah, I have a couple myself, so I'm not too crazy about it, but um... – Back to that Cowboys-Jets. Over the last 22 games, both franchises are 7-15. and 15. Ooh. Um, yeah, the Falcons have taken more offensive snaps with the lead than every other team except for the Chiefs. And the fact that they're so bad and, and they've had the lead so much, it says a lot about their defense. That's an incredible statistic right there. More, so they, more than any team in the entire league other than the Chiefs. Correct. And they have, what, three wins? Right. Yeah. All right. Kyler Murray is the first player in history with 200 plus pass yards or 2000 plus pass yards and 500 plus rush yards through eight games. Wow. Good for him. Good. Good for him. Fuck that guy. And his continual like just sabotaging of Kenyon Drake all year. I can't (laughs) stand that little midget quarterback. Uh, Good for good for PRB. And I, I would like to just say, uh, how how did uh, Edmonds fare? It, it looked like he did a Kenyon Drake impersonation this past week. It's obviously because of this bum running quarterback. That's why I hate running quarterbacks, Brent. Edmonds had 10 points. It looked like he had about, I would say, like 70 yards rushing and a couple catches for like 18 yards. Nothing too crazy. Like I said, about 10 points. Yeah, all because of running quarterback. This is why I don't like the run. The running quarterback is good only for that quarterback stats. Not good for anybody else. All right, so I'll get you a quarterback that you uh, like a little bit better than the running quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers has a 75-8 to 8 TD to INT ratio in his past 40 games, which no other NFL player in history can match. Yeah, I saw I saw a statistic. I'm not going to be able to remember it at all, Brent. I, I don't even uh, – I'm going to just stumble over it in, in your stat segment. But someone sent it to me a few days ago. Aaron Rodgers is poised to become the seventh player in NFL history to throw at least 400 touchdowns. And I saw the list of the other six guys and how many interceptions they had thrown at the time that they tossed their 400th touchdown. The best guy on that list was Brady at, like, 128. Now, the other guys were, like, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, all those guys. But Aaron Rodgers has, like, 80. He has, like, 80 interceptions in his career at the time he's going to throw his 400th touchdown. The next guy that's on that list in terms of touchdown to INT ratio is, like, 48 more. It's unbelievable how efficient this guy is. He just does not turn it over. See, I knew that would get you in a better mood, that, that stat. There you go. <laughs> All right, so I'll, I'll, uh, I'll end this uh, NFL section with the uh, bizarre stat. And Brashad Perriman's 50-yard touchdown catch in the second quarter was his first touchdown since joining the Jets. And it's his first touchdown of 50-plus yards since Week 13, 2016 with the Ravens. And that pass was also thrown by Joe Flacco. Wow. You can't make some of this stuff up, Brent.
I know, just one of those weird ones. But let's move into the stinky team stats this week, and that's where we start to talk about the MVP top three at this point in the season, and that is still Kamish Booby with 1,218 points. But Stover is now creeping even further. He is only 42 back with 1,176 points, and they play each other this week. So we'll see if Stover can not only beat him in this you know, I know Stover is very amped up to play Drew Lives Matter this week. And if he could take the points lead and beat him this week, which is definitely a possibility with only 14, 42 points to make up on him, I think Stover would be pretty amped up and we'd probably hear from him in the feedback corner if that happens. Yeah, I think the Sausage King of Philadelphia would probably check <laughs> in if that happens. Absolutely. And uh, to round out that MVP top three, I am the in third right now. I creeped up past Gary and I'm 75 back of the lead with 1142 points. The three teams behind me at this point are Gary, TJ and PRB to round out the top six. Gary is only behind me by like a little bit over 13 points, though. Right. Yep. And then TJ, if he gets Chubb back, I mean, he might have like a little explosion of points coming up here as well. So something to keep an eye on. Yes. So six of the top seven scoring teams in the league have winning records. I'm the only one that does not. Nice. Yeah. Wonderful. Bottom four scoring we're going to talk about here. Steve Littlefinger Durazio is over 100 points behind the second least points and that is you i believe jay mm -hmm. uh, ahead of ahead of you is schwarz and then rustel to round out the bottom four in scoring which is you know our uh, notorious toilet bowl territory schwarz is the only one in that bottom four though that has a winning record yeah the the points are very bunched up here other than steve who is just abysmal right now he is over 100 points like you said behind anybody uh, other than that, I am uh, 12 points behind Schwarz, 13 points behind Russ, 25 points behind Frank, and 30 points behind uh, Tucci. So, I mean, we're all very, very closely bunched there. The fact that I'm going on week three without four stars, I, I feel confident that if I get those starters back, like, in week 11, I will not make the toilet bowl. If I can get my guys back at all, ever this year, I'm not making the toilet bowl. I'm confident. All right. That's good. That's good. I like the confidence there. But, um, you know, I feel like I don't know if we talked about it on air last week or if it's just uh, in like pre-show conversation that we were having about Durazio comparing his ho all, uh, just horrible season to Russell's season last year and and whether he could match how bad Russ's season was. And, you know, you were throwing out some point averages and I think – Durazio might have inched closer to that to that bad season that Russell had last year. Yeah, I think it was uh, Durazio's averaging like 96 points per game or something, like 97 points per game, I think it is. And just looking at it, that looks about right. He's at 890, so 890 divided by 9. So he's, you know, he's averaging a shade under 97, 98 points per game right now through 9 games, which is absolutely putrid. Um, however, Russ was an all-time all-time bad last year he averaged through the entire season last year 89 points per game well Durazio just had a, like a 74 point week so I have to think that's you know he's he might he might get close to that mark 
Well, Brent, you got to keep in mind, he's playing me this week. He's going to score he about no 150. He has no, no, he's not going to get 150. <laughs> he has no running backs this week. It's going to be interesting. If, if he can get under 90 a game, which is what Russ did last year, ah, oh, my goodness. I don't even know. Uh, that, that would be – I mean, can you imagine going from Ric Flair, as you said, you highlighted that this was your – Ric Flair and league MVP and, mind you – a Hall of Fame jacket to under the to the the it would be week to week he would be the wire to wire points like futility leader and win maybe what, like one game total and win the toilet bowl. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I mean he has five weeks with under a hundred points and hasn't scored more than hundred and sixteen in any week this season. Just to just to put that into perspective, but yeah, I think if if that does happen, he should come to the banquet dressed as Russ. That's that's my that's my that's my suggestion. Uh, wow, I like that. Maybe a polo shirt mixed in there or something like that. I don't know. Um, all right, so Gary has almost a hundred more points against than anyone else in the league. Probably part of his four-game losing streak. But I wanted to point out that he won his first five games in a row and has lost his last four games in a row. It's like an even split of, of just up and down right there. Yeah, I mean, but I, again, I, I said this earlier in my little whining session when I said my season was over. You Look, you can't, you can't win. You can't get to the playoffs by early success, but you can miss the playoffs by with early failures. Like, you cannot climb out of a hole. Like, you cannot get out of a one and three, one and four hole. You just can't do it. But if you start like five and oh and stockpile success, you can still have a big ebb and flow, a big down point in the year and prevail and still find a way to make the playoffs. Look, we'll see if Gary can do it. He would look like the team to beat for many weeks. He's not in the playoffs as of right now, but I still like his chances to make the playoffs this year. Yeah, so I agree with you on, on that point a little bit, but I think, you know, streaky seasons are, are possible in both directions. So, I, like, you know, he won five games in a row. That Those five games could have happened at the end of the season, and, you know, he, that's that's winning out, and that can push you into the playoffs. It doesn't really matter, I don't think, where those streaks happen, but, you know, injuries do pile up, but they pile up for every team. So, you know, anything is really possible in that regard. But, you know, Sprost is the only team in the league to not have a thousand points against. So when you're not getting scored on like that, it's pretty easy to make, to make that kind of run. All right. So on to the stinky player stats real quick here before we wrap up this segment and, you know, of the top 20 scoring players in stinky, only two are not quarterbacks. And that is Dalvin cook and Kamara. Um, Wow. In the quarterback area, Dak Prescott still has more fantasy points than Lamar Jackson. Incredible. There you have it. That's what kind of a year Lamar's having. I figured you would like that one. Um, but of the top six quarterbacks in Stinky, Josh Allen was the cheapest draft value at 3.5. And Aaron Rodgers, I believe, was 4.5. So he's like right there with Josh Allen in terms of uh, value of quarterbacks that are up at the top this year. The rest of them are like 8, 9, 11, and uh, I don't know what, like 23 or something for Mahomes. Yeah, he was, I think, 20. I'm not sure. But yeah, he was, he was high. I mean, the disparity there between like 23 and 3.5 for, for quarterbacks, you know, that's, uh, that's why you don't pay up for quarterbacks. But Right. 
James Robinson and Todd Gurley are currently top five stinky running backs. I did not think I'd be saying that after, you know, what is it, 10, nine weeks here? Yeah, Babs tried trading me three straight weeks, Todd Gurley, for Kenyon Drake, and I kept saying no. The, the trade began with any receiver I wanted other than Cooper Cup on his entire team with Todd Gurley for Kenyon Drake, and I kept saying no. I hope Kenyon Drake burns in hell forever. <laughs> Fuck that guy. He did win you that week, though. That was a pretty, that was a pretty big performance. That he, uh, I thought he got back on your good side. Apparently not. Well, then he got hurt. Now he's probably out for the rest of the year. I'm sorry, day-to-day. He's day-to-day and won't play for the rest of the year, probably. <laughs> right, right. The way that your luck goes. But um, we have um, – we, Gare Bears, and, and Brent, myself, both have three wide receivers in the top 15 overall. Wow. That's, you know, that's six of the top 15 taken off the board by two teams right there. It's impressive. Um, Kelsey and Kittle are the only two tight ends that average over 15 points per game this year. And you're going to have to lock that in for Kittle because he's pretty much done. But Kelsey is just, you know, keeping that pace of over 15. And they're the only two that have done it. Yeah, I'm never really big on tight ends. Quarterbacks and tight ends are the things that I never pay a lot on. Uh, and, but I mean, tight, I mean, if you get the best tight end though, you know, I don't know. Stover's had, I think Stover's had Kelsey two years in a row now. Yeah, he is definitely boys with him and, and likes to take him every year, but can't blame him the way that he produces year in, year out. Last Great. one here. There are only six defenses that average over 10 points this season. I just wanted to point out how shitty the scoring is, but I will say, the 6 million 49ers are not one of those teams that average over 10 points this season. No, no, they are not, Brent. That is a wrap for the stinky stats this week. Incredible, Brent. Well, uh, I, I think, did you want to touch a little bit on the playoffs here? You want to split it up? We'll do a little bit now, something real quick now, and then something uh, following our next sponsor break. Yeah, so, you know, we we had that segment last, last week about the stinky cast fantasy where we were trying to – you know, just kind of brainstorm and, and, you know, generate and spark some conversation about how the how the playoff structure could be different because some of these teams with shit points were were getting lucky wins and, and it left a bad taste in in everyone's mouth pretty much, except for, you know, the weasel. But we don't really care about his opinion. We can really disregard anything he said about this in the WhatsApp chain and move on to, you know, some suggestions we did get after sparking that conversation. And I think Steve Durazio had a method that we should probably, you know, give some airtime to here and talk through it real quick and see if it has any validity as we move forward here. Yeah, so Durazio um, put forth, we'll call it the, uh, the little finger Q score method, um, which, is what, which is what I'm calling it anyway. And what that entails is basically assigning a point value for your rankings in both your overall record as well as uh, in your point standing. So, for instance, uh, last year, Littlefinger himself was number one in points uh, for, the, for the year, and he had the number one best record in the league. So you would add up not one plus one to get to the number two. Now, the lower your, your Littlefinger Q score is, the better it is. So at the end of the year, you collect the six best, the six lowest uh, little finger Q scores, and those six teams make the playoffs. Conversely, the four highest 
point values make the toilet bowl. So that was a way that Steve was kind of, because I, of course, produced a method, uh, the J method, we'll just call that, where you go simply and only on points and points alone. Everyone poo-pooed that. So Steve tried to do, to kind of have this method be like a little middle ground. Right. I think he was trying to maintain an importance on head-to-head matchups, which I think that the majority of the league would like to hold on to um, in terms of like weekly importance. And and that inherently puts uh, importance on record and trying to strike a balance between um, record and points. And, you know, if we extrapolate that into the current standings, you know, I th- you and I both did a side-by-side, and I don't think I like the results that you have. Sure, sure Brent. I, I ran it, um, you know, using the little finger Q method uh, score. I ran it for this year, and right now, with four games left to go, the top six, so the six best Q scores, the lowest numbers, meaning the teams that would make the playoffs, are literally – just the top six point scores in that order. And so part of that is because there's so many tied records. So all those ties would would balance towards, you know, it would skew towards the teams that have more points because their 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 combination of numbers would, would work out that way. Sure. But and, and here's the other thing though, the point values are there's a much bigger range in the point values than there are in in you know records. Like let's say on any given year, there's like five different records, right? That, so you can basically get some people might be like nine and four, eight and five, seven and six, three and six, one and 12, right? But there's, there's typically only like a five, uh, you know, five range differential in scores. So you really can only go from one through five on, you know, those point values. Whereas in the points, you go from one through 14. So like it is a it's a much bigger range and differential uh, with the points. Therefore, you get so much more weight on the points, and essentially you're just making it points. Like you you can kind of you know dupe some other people around the league into thinking, oh yeah, this still takes into account record. No, it's basically all about the points in this method. But the only thing is with this method, you are far more likely to get a tie. So, uh, like, for instance, you and Gary tie right now with, with a six. So, like, what if you tie, you know, with, at, the, at the six and seven spot? What if the sixth and seventh team are tied? Like, what, you would need to have some kind of arbitrary tie break there at that point. Um, and just so, you know, many of you might be thinking, well, this is just a, this is just a fluky year where the, team, the records are so bunched up. I applied this little finger Q score to the 2019 standings and the top six point teams in order would also have made the playoffs last year. Right. So essentially it just boils down to what actually, what you actually want. And that would be for points to be the most important thing, but this is, this just does it with a little, with a little disguise. Correct. Um, So I think, you know, I think there's some, somewhere to go. I'm actually working on something that would have a true, like uh, blending and, and, you know, maybe equal weighting uh, of record and points, uh, which I will also be factoring in points against into the equation as well. It's going to be like an equation. It's going to be like the QBR. That oh, will, I like yeah, that. I like that right. concept. Exactly. And it will take into all of those accounts to get one number 
which will be decimal based. Therefore, you know, removing no the possibility of ties. And, you know, the, I think that, that I'm working on that, maybe not for next week, but within the next two weeks, I'm going to be able to unveil that equation. You might, you might revolu- revolutionize the, uh, the fantasy standings, um, you know, for, for the world with this, with this method. I kind of like where I'm here, and I'm, I'm interested to hear more. I just urge you to just ignore anything the weasel has to say about any of this because we can just throw anything he has out the window. Of course. Now, we, we did just want to review that briefly. Uh, I do have the playoff outlook as it stands right now, but we're going to go ahead and slide in a quick break here. I know this has been kind of a long show. We've got a lot to get to here, guys. Um, so we're, we're going to go ahead and take a pause here. Uh, let the stations re-identify themselves. Everybody take a stretch, get a drink, stay where you're at because you're going to want to hear the kind of playoff matchups, which are going to be rolled into our previews here coming up in this next block. But for those fitness enthusiasts out there uh, that maybe have kind of let themselves go a little bit amidst this pandemic, don't worry, because this next sponsor has a message for you. Join us right after this, though, to get into the picks and the playoffs. In a time of global pandemics and soaring gym membership costs, sometimes you need to get back to the basics and scale down your workout needs. Here at Joey Bags Drenched Fitness, we have the setup you've been longing for. Who needs fancy cardio equipment and Nautilus machines? At JBD Fitness, we have all you need. Iron, iron, and more iron. Ditch those high-priced gyms. They are for Nancy boys. Come join us at JBD Fitness, where only bros are allowed. Join bros grunting and sweating and shirtlessly spotting other bros and cheer each other on in our daily wads. Plus, speed up your recovery times with deep tissue massages following every workout utilizing our patented Hot CC's Rubbing Oils. So, drop that big chain gym membership, and while you're at it, drop the pants, and come on in to Joey Bags Drenched Fitness today. Welcome back in Stinky Nation and Brent. I if if there wasn't already enough reasons for me to want to want to move to Philly, I got to get to the Neast to get to JBD Fitness. What do you think? <laughs> Are you going to join JBD Fitness? I mean, after hearing that sponsor, how could I not? I mean, it just it just sounds so drenched and wet and and just pantsless. <laughs> it's just raw. Like it's like uh you're like an ancient Greek Spartan warrior just working out, <laughs> gong out in the midst of his garage. Man, got it. Paints a good picture. 
Oh my God! Yeah, I, I, uh, I'll have to reach out to Bags about a, a membership <laughs> to, to, to that to that gym he's got going on there. Incredible, JBD Fitness. Thanks for sponsoring the show, man. God, it sounds good. Brent, without any further ado, though, I think we've got still a lot of show to get to here. Um, where do you want to kind of do our picks as we typically do? We can kind of alternate, uh, and then I can kind of discuss some playoff ramifications as we're as we're going through our picks. Yeah, let's sprinkle in the playoff breakdown in the middle of the pick segment here as we as we approach because I think the games have so much um, like magnitude and weight to them in terms of the playoff picture this week that we can uh, we can kind of pivot mid mid picks uh, to talk about the, how they uh, how they affect the playoff breakdown. So, and let's get into the first set of games here. I'll start off with the Gary versus PRB game, and I'll I will let you take this one first. Oh, wow. This is, uh, wow. I, I, I was not expecting to fire into, uh, you know, such a, such a delicious and wet matchup, uh, right off the bat. Um, Brent, I, oh my goodness, I have, this as a question mark. It's been, this is one of my, my two question marks I have leading into the week. This is a massive game. So before I, I layer my pick in, let me just do a quick reset right now, as of this moment, these are the number seven and number eight spots in the league. So you've got two very good teams. They're both, they have the same record. They're both five and four. They are, uh, you know, right there uh, in terms of points. Gary's got, got a point advantage in, in the sense that he is fourth in points and PRB is sixth in points. So, uh, you know, these two teams are essentially tied and you've got to think, both of these teams are not going to make the playoffs at this point. The way that we, the way that we stand at this time, they're both outside looking in. They both need points. They both need wins. I, I liked, I initially in my sheet of loose leaf, I circled PRB, but I'm going to switch that up and go with Gare Bear because I'm looking at his lineup now. I like the change. I've been waiting for him to go breeze uh, over Cam Newton, and he's finally done it, obviously. Um, I think Gary's going to squeeze out a win in this game. I just don't see the team that we were th thought so highly on that won five straight games. That was the MVP for a bit of time. I can't believe he's going to lose five straight. I think a loss here eliminates him from the playoffs. I think he's going to get one. Oh man. I, I was kind of hoping you were going to take PRB this, this week in this game, because I, I, I also am going to pick Gary in this game. It's a, it's a tough matchup though. I mean, I feel like even CBS projections are pretty close on this one, but just my own projections, like taking a look at the lineup um, and just, you know, going, going player by player and slot by slot. I, I'm just slightly leaning Gary just enough to pick him this week. Okay. So we both agree on that one. Uh, and it's a pivotal game. I think, honestly, I think the loser is likely eliminated at this point, but you know, we still got some time to go. We'll see. But you definitely don't want to lose it if you're either one of these guys. Yeah, I think we'll learn about a lot about this matchup on Thursday night, depending on what Derrick Henry does for Garibar. I feel like his team kind of waxes and wanes with what Derrick Henry does for him that week a little bit um, without Calvin Ridley. I, I don't know if he's going to have Calvin Ridley. So actually, he's on by. I'm sorry. He will not have Calvin Ridley. So, you know, he's going to have to get it done without his his you know, his second best player once again. And he's going to need some production from, from like Kareem Hunt in that juicy Houston matchup there and Allen Robinson in that juicy Minnesota matchup. I think he has 
what it takes to get by and sneak by PRB this week. All right, so next we'll do the Bags versus Schwarz game, and this one doesn't have much playoff implications, so we can probably knock out our picks for this one pretty quick and get it out of the way. And this is my game to pick. So I am going to take, you know, I'm going to have to take Bags in this one. I, I just don't have a lot of confidence in, in Schwarz's team um, from week to week. And, you know, he put up 100 points this past week. Tyler Lockett, we'll, we'll touch on that um, in my too bold prediction. But, he you know, he didn't go off last week. He kind of needs him to go off. He kind of needs Deshaun Watson to go off. And, you know, Bags is, you know, I think he'll be scrappy this week and get a win. He's got Cooper Cup against Seattle, which is juicy. I think John Brown being healthy is a big is a big boost for Bags coming into this week. And, you know, he just made that, that crazy trade uh, for Gus Edwards, you know. Yeah, Bags is actually – he's actually quietly eighth in points, which isn't so bad. Uh, but he is three and six right now, and that puts him, Brent, if the season ended today, in the toilet bowl. Bags would be in the toilet bowl. He is the 12th-ranked team right now uh, overall in Stinky uh, based on that record. And Schwarz is uh, 12th in points, but he does have that five and four record. He's in the 10th spot right now. Just on the cusp, he's just seven points out of the toilet bowl uh, with me, actually. If I would you know, surpass him by seven points, I would get out of the toilet bowl this week and dump him into the toilet. Uh, and I think, ultimately, Bags is going to get a win this, this week. I got to agree with you. Bags, is, he's been scrapping with the points. He's going to kind of string together some wins here, I, I think, he hopes at least, and get himself out of the toilet bowl. I concur. Uh, this doesn't really have any playoff ramifications. It does have toilet bowl ramifications. And I think uh, Bags gets the win here. All right. So we have agreed on the first two outcomes here. And yeah, Bags, I think, is, is really, really wanting to climb out of that toilet. He does not want to stay in that toilet. So I think they'll do everything it takes to uh, beat Schwartz and maybe swap spots with him for that toilet bowl. All right. Next game, we have Rustel versus Frodo. Fernandez this week and this one is going to be yours to pick give us uh, some playoff ramifications or toilet ramifications sure well right now Brent uh, Russ is sitting in the toilet with that three and six record he's uh, 11th in points so he looks like he's pretty firmly in the toilet at this point uh, obviously a uh, playoffs are, are a non-option for him he's eliminated in that in that regard uh, so, you know, really, I don't even know that he can get out of the toilet at this point. Um, you know, on the other end, you've got Frankie, uh, a.k.a. Frodo, as you call him, who is sitting third in the playoffs right now. He is third in the playoffs. He is tied for the best record in Stinky League through nine weeks, and he's doing it with the 10 most points. He's 192 points behind Booty for the top spot, but... He is above booty in the playoff ranking right now. Yeah, I feel like that's the kind of thing that that really bothers people when a team that that is as low as he is in points scored is is doing as well as he is. But um, I'll wait to see what your remedy for that is. But this, um, well, now wait. This is my pick first this time. Yeah, Brian. I was going to say this right. is this is your pick. So I want to hear what you have here. Correct. So um, you know, a loss this week would actually drop Frank out of the playoffs. 
Um, you know, it's a big, it's a big game for him. Unfortunately, the guy that scores 30, like 6% of his points this year is going to be on by and who's going to start. We don't even know. He has no other, uh, other quarterback. I think Russell is going to get the victory in this one and is going to drop Frank, uh, out of the playoffs. He's going to, Frank will be basically in probably like a four or five way tie for that, for that fifth spot. Obviously points wise, he's got no hope. So he can't booty rule his way into the sixth, so he needs to outgun guys in in the in the record uh, department. So a, a loss this week, I, I think a loss last week would have eliminated him uh, because I was banking on a loss this week. I think he gets that loss this week. Yeah, you know what? I uh, fuck Frodo. I'm gonna lock Russell this week. Wow. Okay. I wow. still I still need to use Russell for my lock. Right. And I'm going to I'm gonna, just going to take him with Mahomes on by. And I just think the fantasy gods need to put him in his place. So I'm going to just drop the lock on him this week and hope that Frodo cannot recover from the loss of, you know, wow. like you said, 36% of his points uh, per game. There you have it. And that would also drop him out of the playoffs. Come on, fantasy gods. And if you have fab money, consider picking <laughs> up a quarterback this week because we clearly have someone that's very fraudulent that needs a quarterback this week. So just a little hint, hint there. Hmm. Um, moving on to the next game, we have the probably biggest, most anticipated matchup, which also has playoff implications. That is the Stover versus Booby game. L- let me know what the playoff breakdown is here. Well, uh, Brent, what we're looking at here is a matchup of the top two scoring teams in Stinky League. Uh, However, Booty is only in the fourth seed right now by virtue of that five and four record, even though he's first in points. And Stover is fifth in the playoff standings right now, also by virtue of that five and four record. He is second in points. So you've got two guys, five and four both, uh, separated by about 40 points total in, in overall scoring. This game could not get any bigger. It's yours to pick. Who do you like? Yeah, this obviously is a very, very difficult game to pick. And I went through the matchups here. Uh, you know, I feel like Justin Herbert versus Lamar Jackson Jackson is probably an edge for Booby. He finally gets Aaron Jones back, which I'm sure he's psyched about going into this Jacksonville game that he has. But he has two running backs in the same game. I never really liked that too much with James Robinson also in that game. I feel like only one will succeed. You don't really often see two running backs both blow up in the same game just because of what it does to the game script. So, you know, I feel like that's maybe like a little knock against his team this week. And he was, you know, really short on defense, had to had to get desperate through those antics and trade for the Vikings where the Chiefs have been, have been pretty good for him except for last week. And, you know, Stover's team, you just got to be scared about Devontae Adams going against Jacksonville. And, you know, maybe he has Miles Sanders coming back this week. I got to say, I'm going with Stover this week in a game I know he is very pumped to win against Two Lives Matter. Brent, I can't believe we're going to do it again. We're going to agree again. Um, And Booty is going to hate to hear this. I'm going to pick against him for a second straight week. Uh, But look, listen, I love Booty's squad. Booty will make the playoffs. Even with this loss, uh, he's not going to miss the playoffs. I think... He still likely will win the MVP because I don't think Stover is going to, you know, outscore him by, you know, more than 20 or 30. Now, obviously, we'll have to see what happens in subsequent weeks. But for this game specifically, I like the matchups in Stover's direction. 
I think Stover's team is just trending in the right directions. I called this shot, like I said weeks ago, that Stover is going to win the chip this year. So I think it's really – this is going to be a big statement-like game this week for him. It's going to push Booty to 500, uh, and Stover probably will take over the top spot uh, in stinky, uh, barring maybe some possible other results we'll have to get into here in the next few games. So are you saying you think that Stover's going to pass him in scoring and take the top spot overall? No, I'm sorry. In the playoff standings, I think he'll take the top spot. I think, I think Booty will hold the points lead. I, I see this as a tight, high-scoring game. I like Stover to win this one. Maybe, uh, let me call out, 141 to 129. Still. Okay. Oh, we're getting a score. That's our, probably our first score prediction of, of, of the season. Let's see. Let's see how close you are to uh, to nailing that one. But I probably all eyes on that game this week. It's probably the biggest game of the week. All right. Next up, we have uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum the the two lowest scoring teams in the league, and that is you versus Durazio. I believe I believe this is your game to pick first, and I, you, you you better show some balls here and pick Steve Durazio because you always pick against yourself. So I want to see you pick Steve Durazio. Go ahead. It's, you know, Brent, it is my, it's my game to pick first. Uh, you know, and I have literally not picked myself all year long. Like that's not a joke. I, it has been nine weeks. I haven't picked myself one time. Uh, I, I am Dan, like I said, look at my fucking team. I'm going to be starting DJ Dallas and Naheem Hines again. Uh, and I don't even know who I'm going to be starting. I had Debo in there, uh, wishful thinking. He's going to be out too. It's going to be four starters out for the fifth time of the year. Five times in 10 games, I'll be with, without at least four starters. Uh, with that said, I need to pick a lock this week. Uh, I have not used myself all year long. Uh-oh. Uh, this is to get me to 500 somehow, some way. Playing against a dude who you highlighted has not literally scored over 116 all year. He hasn't broken 100 in like five weeks. Obviously, he's going to do it this week, but I have no choice. I'm going to pick myself, and I'm going to put a lock on myself as well. Oh, my goodness. You know, I was going to pick you this week, but, oh, man, every time I I have to pick you, I'm going to pick you. I can't pick. I can't pick Littlefinger in in this matchup or any matchup moving forward if he if he keeps scoring these these horrible weeks the way he does and like we said I'm I'm pretty sure he I don't know we'll see about Justin Jackson whether he's going to play this week so he might have one healthy running back and then have to hit Fab I guess for the other running back with Dallas on a bye and he he has zero dollars so he's not getting. Anyone, anyone that competent, I would say, in in Fab this week for a running back. So I'm gonna have to take you as well, and we agree on that one as well. Man, I can't believe I pick. I hate picking myself, but Brent, there is never gonna be a better opportunity for me to pick myself as a lock when I'm playing like a team like Steve. I gotta, I gotta go for it, and it's obviously gonna jinx me. I will never see 500. I'll be four and six, even though I'm picking myself as a lock. You heard it here first. I'm obviously gonna lose this game. Yeah, most likely, especially because I picked you. So whenever I pick you, you always lose. So correct. Sorry about that. But next game on the slate is also a tough one to pick. It's um, Weasel versus TJ. And this one is yours to pick first, I believe. No, I picked myself as the lock. Oh, correct. Correct. So this is mine to pick. Unfortunately, this is a tough game. 
So I went back and forth on this game as well. And, you know, I think the weasel has a shot. You know, he's got Ben, who actually is in COVID protocol. He hurt his knees last week. I don't know what's going on with Ben. But, you know, if Ben doesn't go, he still has Connor going against Cincinnati, who's, you know, pretty bad on defense. I don't know the status of Daryl Henderson coming into this week. I don't know if he has much on his bench besides, what, Jordan Howard or Matt Breida, which was a hilarious little fab thing we didn't talk about last week with him dropping $70 million on Matt Breida and then not even being able to use him that week. Uh, just classic weasel not, not being good at fab uh, last week. But, you know, really tough, really tough to pick this one. It's tough to pick against TJ when he has the potential for Russell Wilson and Dalvin Cook to just blow up at any time. So I'm going to take TJ. You know, Brent, we just keep we just keep agreeing on this. Uh, and, and you know what? Before I get into it, um, I do like your pick. I do like TJ. Um, however, I do want to get back to the uh, the highlights of the play the playoff ramifications. Um, yeah, yeah. Because we kind of kind of moved away, obviously, because we weren't really highlighting games that had any playoff ramifications. This one is not the case. This is actually a matchup of the top two teams in the stinky playoff standings. So right now, this is a matchup of the two uh, by teams. So if the playoffs would have started this week, uh, TJ and Tucci would be 1-2 and be on by. They're both 6-3, and three, co-best records. Uh, neither one of them lighting it up in points. TJ is fifth in points. Tucci is ninth in points. Uh, I, you know, I'm looking at the CBS projections earlier today when I made these picks, and CBS is loving uh, Tucci in this matchup. But I pretty confidently, I didn't circle it. I didn't put a question mark on it. I had TJ over Tucci. Um, I, you know, I just see it going that way. Uh, Whoever, whichever team loses this game, and if it's not a big point output, uh, they stand an opportunity to slide all the way out of the playoffs. So these are the the top two seeds. The loser of this game, at least for one week, more than likely next week, will be out of the playoffs. Yeah, and, you know, the CBS projections can be misleading if if people haven't set their lineup because – TJ hasn't taken out Mecole Hardman out of his lineup, even though he's unbiased. I assuming he makes that switch. He's got some some somewhat ascending players on his bench to pick from with uh, Tim mm-hmm. Patrick, who's been putting up some some good points going against the Las Vegas team that, you know, I, I feel like they've been getting scorched by wide receivers pretty much all season. So he's got some options there that, you know, that, that jumps his projection 11 points, and all of a sudden sure. it's a much closer game on paper than it looks right now, which is what I had to kind of project when I uh, when I chose TJ in this matchup. Agreed. Agreed. And, and obviously, uh, you know, TJ's got those, you know, those elite players that could go off at any at any moment. Like Russell Wilson has a 24 projection. Dalvin Cook has an 18 projection. Like, I mean, Russell Wilson's averaging like in the low 30s and Cook's averaging in the 30s. Like those guys can 30, easily 34. Right. I mean, they could easily go for much more than what they're projected to do. Right. I don't think the Bears defense is good enough to take half off of Dalvin Cook's average score Agreed. In, a, in a Monday night game where, you know, crazy things happen on Monday night. So, that yeah, I have to kind of take that into consideration and not be one of those people like Weasel who just look at pre- projections. Um, so, yep, that's that's the pick. And would this have any serious ramifications on the playoffs if they lose? Like, obviously, they're in a top, point, top spot just because of record. But, you know, if their record changes this week, big change for them. Of course, yeah, yeah. The, the loser for at least one week will be out of the playoffs. So wow. the, the, okay. the loser of this game will, unless you know, you know, unless it's 
TJ that loses and he puts up like 130 or 140 points in the loss, uh, there's a chance that he would still maybe, maybe be in that fifth or sixth spot, but I don't, it's unlikely. I think the, the loser of this game will be out of the playoffs for at least the next week. Well, so there we go from being tied for the top spots to being out of the playoffs with one loss this week. Correct. Wow. No pressure, fellas, on this game. All right. Last up on the slate, and that is me versus Spross. Let me know the playoff implications that are at stake here. All right. And this is actually my pick as well yep. um, to, to, to go first in here. And the playoff implications, uh, you know, honestly, not that much only because you're not looking that good record wise but you're looking great point-wise. So, you know, you've got your third in points right now. You're sitting in the booty rule. So right now you've booty ruled yourself into the playoffs. You're in the six. And as of right now, Spross is in the ninth spot. Uh, so by virtue of the fact he is seventh in points right now. Uh, however, uh, he's got that five and four record. And because you've got teams with the fifth, ninth and 10th points in the playoff picture right now in TJ Tucci and Frank, you've got guys, you know, with the fourth, sixth and seventh points in Gary PRB and Spross on the outside looking in. And to be honest with you, the way things are breaking right now, Spross, I mean, it's going to be tough for him to get in. He's going to have to go on kind of a win streak. Uh, he better start, you know, trying to win games. Basically every game, every week is going to be a must win game uh, for, for Sprossy. Uh, for you, you don't really need wins uh, because you've got the points, and I think you're going to keep your point gravy train going. Um, with all that said, you not needing the, the win and Spross needing it, I think you get the win. So unfortunately for Spross, he's going to move even further out of the playoff outlook uh, this week to me. I think that you hand him the defeat. You get to 500. You put him to 500. And, and I don't think it's going to look so good point-wise for Spross. So I, I don't know that the defending champion is going to make it into the playoffs this year. Yeah, you know, I haven't really cared about actually winning the games for probably the past like three weeks now because I've just been focused on getting points and making sure that I get into at least that sixth spot because my record was just, you know, not reflective of how my team was doing. So I just stopped caring about it. But, you know, if I have to pick this week between me and Spras after going through the matchups, I do kind of like myself in this one. I think... Jared Goff against Seattle is a great matchup for him, but I think that Josh Allen in a shootout in the desert with Arizona, it, it has a good potential to probably match that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you go up and down the lineup, he's got some injury problems going on. David Montgomery, I think, had a concussion um, last week. We'll see if he can clear protocol. Uh, David Johnson also had a concussion. We'll see if he can clear protocol. So he has some guys on his bench he can plug in, but he does not have Tyreek Hill this week, who is on bye. But he could possibly plug in, like, J.K. Dobbins and match him up with Melvin Gordon and figure out his other flex spots. You know, I don't have Julio Jones this week, so that kind of is a wash with the Tyreek Hill thing that I mentioned. But I have some other guys that I can plug in. My I have four receivers that I'm pretty confident in. I'm going to have to um, take myself this week, but I'm, you know, not with high confidence on the win. Okay, so I, look, I think, Brent, uh, do we agree on every single pick this week? We we did yes, and we went five and wow. three if you include our lock bonuses last week. So, okay. you know our our uh, our record is is trending back upwards after hitting a you know, big speed bump earlier in the season. Incredible, Brent. Uh, now I I don't really want to get into it, but do you want to touch on the two bold 
segment from last yeah. week. Yeah, how did yours work out? You, what did you have, 17 points for Antonio Brown, right? Yeah, yeah, I had 17 for AB last week. Um, it didn't really go so well for me, Brent. Uh, he had, I believe, four. Ouch. Yeah, I'm not going to give you a win on that one. He did get a lot of targets, though. Uh, it just, he just didn't, they weren't really good targets, uh, and he didn't really catch all of them. <laughs> yeah, uh, so what my two bold was Tyler Lockett. And I had him projected at a low-scoring six-point week. Let's see how he did. Looks like he had six points. Ding, pretty ding, good. ding, baby. That's a winner. You're pretty good at the two bold, Brent. You, you had the unofficial win week one. You had a pretty – it didn't quite hit in week two. Uh, but that's but it was a good, good. correct hit. That's and like then, I sucked yeah, your battleship. That's, that's, that's pretty good, Brent. You're, you're pretty good at this two bold. With, with that said, do you want to pick a two bold for this week? Yeah, I'll let, I will let you go first, though. Okay, I'm actually going to just go right back to the well with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It didn't work out for me. Hometown um, team for you. Didn't work out for me with my last two bold. But listen, Tom Brady had a terrible, maybe the worst game of his career, one of the worst games of his career. Definitely one of the worst games of the last, uh, you know, like 10 decade plus at least. Uh, you know, 200 yards and no touchdowns, three picks, just bad looking uh, picks and now he's playing on the road against a pretty sneakily stingy Carolina secondary. They're upper echelon in terms of defending the pass, but it doesn't matter, Brent, because I am a dog and a loser. And Durazio has no running backs at all. There's really no way I should lose this game. The only way I can do it is by a Tom Brady eruption. And that's what I'm smelling this week a Tom Brady bounce back. Look, he's projected to get, tw I think, 24 against Carolina. He will double it. I like 50. 50. I like 50 from Brady this week. He's going to throw four touchdowns at least this. Maybe a fifth. I'm going to go with four touchdowns. He's going to have 350 yards and four touchdowns and, and maybe like some bonus yards on there. So I'm going to go with a 50 spot. All right. I got mine for you then. So that's 50 spot from Brady. That, that would be crazy. And it would be really, really appropriate for it to happen against you. But I'm going to go into the booby versus Stover game, a really high profile game. Something we didn't talk about was that uh, Travis Kelsey, the number one tight end in the league for Stover is on bye this week. So that hurts him. But I'm going to make a prediction here about Dallas Goddard. And I'm going to, you know, he has had, here's his, his scoring this year. He's had 30 points then 7, then 1.7, and then 2.5. I'm saying against Booby's Giants that Dallas Goddard is going to jump back up and have a 27-point week against Booby this week, and it's going to be part of what beats him. Wow, that is very bold. Okay, so we've got Goddard at a 9-point projection. You're saying 27. We got Brady at a 25-point projection. I'm saying 50. We got some bold projections I tripled here. it. You doubled it. Correct. Yep. All right, so that, I feel like those are bold enough for this week. Very bold. Very bold. Uh, wow, Brent. What a humongous show. I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't officially look. This is going to be like a two-hour show more than likely when you get into post-production. So hopefully uh, the league understands there is a lot to get to. We're right down the home stretch. Four weeks left. One month remaining. The playoff home stretch has begun. So it was a big show. Lot to get into. Uh, hopefully, all of you out there in Stinky Nation enjoyed it. 
Many thanks to our two sponsors this week. Really enjoyed both of them. I hope that, you know, some of you, uh, you know, soon-to-be parents, maybe aspiring parents, will download that app because we really don't need any more issues with picking banquet dates. And I, look, next time I'm in Philly, I want to get a free workout bags. If you can get me maybe like a week guest pass or something to JBD Fitness, I will, I will show up dong out, ready to rock and roll. Uh, Stinky Nation, best of luck to all of you in your matchups this week. We have some mega matchups going on that I think we did a good job of highlighting them. Can't wait to get back into the studio with you, partner, Brent, next week and discuss the fallout from all of those big games. Until then, though, Stinky Nation, make sure, as always, you keep that butthole tight. And join us next week, same sticky time, same sticky channel. Until then, though, good night now. Fresh out the gate again, time to raise the stakes again. Fat my plate again. Y'all cats know we always play to win. GNG to the stars, son. Haters took the shit too far, son. So that's all for you. I'm wiping out your whole team. Out, splatter your dreams with lyrics to shatter your schemes. The badder you seem, the more lies you tell. The more lies you sell. Now by surprise, you fell into my death trap, right into my clutches. Stupid, you know the guard must bless every single mic he touches. I've suffered just so I could return harder. Wanna be the shit starter? Fuck around, make you a martyr. I'll make you famous. Turn around and make you nameless. Cause you never understood how vital to me this rap game is. Save it and hold that. You catch a hot one. Rather chase a fake nigga down sooner. As I spot one clip, do you wanna mess with this? Gangstar, one of the best yet. I'm nice like that. It's all good in this business of rap. Full clip, do you wanna mess with this? Gangstar, one of the best yet. I'm nice like that. Yes, you take a rest, so if you stand in my way, I'ma have to spray. Learn that if you come against me, son, you're gonna have to pray. Since back in the day, I held the weight and kept my head up. They wanna see the guard catch a L, it's all a setup. I give no man a thing power over me. Why these niggas so jealous and looking sour over me? I'm bold G, I'm like impossible to stop. I'm like